The Bear Down Report Podcast, featuring Jack Wright, Patrick Sheldon, Brendan Chagru, and your host, Ryan Dangle. Bear Down Report. All right, folks, welcome to another edition of the Bear Down Report Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Dangle. You can find me on Twitter at BDR Dangle. That's D-E-N-G-E-L. I am joined by Jack Wright. You can find him on Twitter at J Wright BDR. That's J-W-R-I-G-H-T. Patrick Sheldon. Patrick, I, I before I even give your intro, man, you're in the intro. How excited are you that that you are finally like legit, man? How does that feel? The only thing that comes to mind is Barry Manilow's looks like we made it. <laughs> as you can hear it in his voice folks uh sheldon who was out last week sick is still fighting it but uh he is doing fantastic you can read him on fan cited and you can also find him on twitter at p underscore shells folks i'm stoked about this one uh jalen short and i connected on twitter because he is the host of the head honcho sports podcast you can find him on twitter at short underscore Jalen. That's J-A-Y-L-I-N 71. Jalen, welcome to the Bear Down Report podcast. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Thank you guys for having me. Jalen, we are, we're stoked, man. I, I This is a little crazy. Your podcast is all things sports and it's you by yourself. It, the editing dude is, is fantastic. I absolutely love what you're doing with it, but you're, you run solo. What's it like running a solo podcast? It's great, I believe, because once once I get a lot of knowledge on, you know, my topics and, you know, once I run through things, everything just goes smooth because I'm because I'm basically a one man show, so to speak. So once I get everything that I want to get out and once I start and get everything rolling, then everything is smooth. Well, Jalen, we're stoked to talk bears with you, uh, folks. If you haven't checked out the head honcho sports podcast, make sure you do that. If you're not following Jalen, you need to be following Jalen on Twitter. All right, boys. Before we get into talking about the game, there's there's news, not just little news. There's big news. We got not one, but two rounds of beers bought for us. Uh, so, gentlemen, I think it is time for a nice little round of applause. Um, if we could. We please. love All beer. Right. We do. We love beer. We absolutely <laughs> love beer. All right. So, first of all, Scott Swartz. Scott always has the best questions. He has been super supportive of us as soon as he connected with us. So Scott, seriously, man, I am going to drink some delicious beer on you. And I appreciate that very, very much. Scott is a teacher. And I'm just going to say this. It is a tough time to be a teacher right now with COVID protocols and all that other stuff. So Scott, shout out to you and all of your colleagues. And the second one, I can't believe this, two rounds of beers, Jordan Carey, uh, who is not a local guy, is not a Chicago guy, and, you know, just, uh, we've had some amazing interactions on Twitter. So, Jordan, um, I don't think I've ever laughed as much as I have with our interactions back and forth. So, Jordan, thank you so very, very much for this round of beers. We are going to enjoy it very, very much. Scott and Jordan, thank you so much. Slancha, cheers, all, salute, all of those. Sheridan's Barbershop, located in historic downtown Wheaton, Illinois, has been servicing the community for 67 years. With five barbers, open six days a week, Monday through Saturday, they have appointments available to book online or by phone at your convenience. You can go to sheridansbarbershop.com or you can call 630-668-0137 and book your appointment 
today. Sheridan's Barbershop, where traditional meets modern. All right, boys. Last thing before we talk about the game, I just want to say thank you to anyone that has gone in and listened to our interview. Jack and I had an amazing opportunity to uh, interview Gary Fensick. 1985 Bear, uh, 38 interceptions, all-time leader in, in interceptions for the Bears. Um, and I know that a lot of you, you know, with holidays and everything going on, uh, we just kind of looked at the numbers and a lot of people have listened and that means a lot to us. Uh, so, uh, Shells, I know like you haven't had a chance to kind of like, kind of put your own two cents in. Anything that just briefly that kind of stood out to you about the interview or something that you, that you really liked about it? Yeah. And, and so I, I was really bummed that I missed last week, as you can tell, um, still not a hundred percent. And uh, I would have done anything to make that, that podcast if I could have, cause I thought the interview was fantastic. Um, the one thing that jumped out at me, if you're a bears fan and you're not happy with the way the organization is being run, go listen to that podcast because Gary uh, to me embodied the antithesis of what the bears have been about over the last three decades. Um, the things that he talked about, listening to your players, a focus on analytics, valuing draft picks, all these things that we haven't really seen from the bears uh, in recent years, especially under pace. I just thought it was a phenomenal interview. You guys did a fantastic job. Uh, the stories and anecdotes at the end were fantastic. Um, a really great interview. So if you haven't checked it out, please go do it. It was not only informative, but, but really enjoyable and fun uh, just to kind of chop it up with a member of the 85 bears. It doesn't get any cooler than that. As the week progressed and I talked to more and more Bears fans that had been around, you know, when the Bears won the Super Bowl, it was fun to listen to them recall stories that they have about the 85 Bears and, you know, remembrances of Gary Fensick and how great of a player he was and how good of a dude that he really was. And that was, I think that came through, you know, how good of a dude he was. And then I was really floored with his football acumen and just how professional and intelligent Patrick, you nailed it. He was just, I don't know what I expected exactly, but I didn't expect to leave that interview thinking that guy could be in a position somewhere in the bears front office tomorrow, tomorrow. That was really, that was really flooring to me. He should be. I mean, that dude, he is crazy yes. smart. He went to Yale, right? Yeah. Like that in and of itself, you know, but obviously the, the, the business stuff that he's had, it was incredible. So folks, please, if you, for some reason, if you haven't heard that episode, please go back, check out the interview. Uh, we had an absolute blast doing it, but boys, this is, uh, this, this thinks Brendan can't be here. He is on the COVID reserve list. And then we talked to Logan and Logan is on the microphone. Uh, he's got a microphone issue, so he couldn't be in. Thankfully, we got Jalen to step up. It's almost Jalen. I don't mean this as an insult, but it's almost like Jalen's on the practice squad and we got to sign him up to That's the active right. roster on the day of. So, so this works out. So Jalen, can you just like give us that, that, that bottom line score and just kind of the, the last little bit of it, how, how, how the game kind of played out? Well, Chicago Bears came out on top against the Seattle Seahawks, 25 to 24, on a game-winning two-point conversion. So, that that right there was 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 the game to play. We'll, we'll get into it. Overall thoughts, boys. Let's do this. Let's go. Let's jump right into it. Thank you, Jalen, for that. Let's hop right into it. Let's go, Jack, Jalen, Shells, and I will finish it up. Overall thoughts on the game, boys. Well, that was unexpected. I was impressed at the end with the way in which I would say specifically, and I know this will get brought up again. I, I really saw a lot of fight in Darnell Mooney and, and David Montgomery. 
I, I saw a will to win that I appreciated greatly because I, I think we would all admit that it's difficult to watch Bears games with a real positive attitude. They have just been really on the struggle bus. And so you, you do, I think, get refreshed by little moments of goodness that we all know and love about this game of football. So I was just really impressed. That was unexpected. I mean, I, I didn't pick them to win. I didn't expect them to win on the road in the snow against Russell Wilson. Bears W loved it. It was exciting at the end. Go Bears. Like Jack said, what a win. I mean, it was it was unexpected. You know, coming into that game, I honestly thought we weren't going to win, but came out on top. Um, so Nick Foles played okay, played, played, I, I would say Nick Foles football. And basically, like Jack said, saw a lot of fighting those guys. Robert Quinn played amazing. That guy, is, he's, he's a tremendous player. So, um, and also... So I was really surprised to see how, you know, Nick Foles, you know, basically he's, he's always been up and down. You know, he's, I would say, one of the best third-string quarterbacks in the NFL. But I was surprised how he handled and, and you know, on certain plays, obviously, you know, he's just going to do Nick Foles' thing. Nick Foles' things. I would recall one play where he didn't – he had to get a first down and he couldn't run four yards. But that's, that's neither here nor there. But Jimmy Graham – He's the ultimate pro. He's going to come out and do what he has to do and score touchdowns. So that's that's really – that's what it came down to. And also, Cole Komet, love that guy, played great. And, yeah, that's my, that's my take of the game. Jalen, just really quick, I'm so excited that you, first of all, mentioned Cole Komet because Sheldon's about to go off on both you and I about that. And the second thing is, yes, I tweeted that, that very same thing. Dude couldn't run four yards. Like I, I know he's yeah. slow, but like you, you saw it. Like he, come on, man, right? <laughs> yeah, that's so crazy. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, that was an exciting game. I'm, uh, I think I'm most looking forward to the press conference tomorrow where they announce an extension for Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy. <laughs> no, Patrick. no, no, stop it. No. Hey, listen, uh, I don't think that's gonna happen, but. Uh, all honesty, if, if George did that, would any of us really be surprised? Um, but no, I, I, I thought somebody tweeted about it. Like as much as we don't like Matt Nagy, this team hasn't by and large, there are some outliers and some exceptions. And I think we saw a few of those today, but by and large, this team has not given up on, on Matt Nagy and the rest of their teammates. They fought hard. They played hard. There were opportunities at the end of the game where they could have gotten down and they could have packed it in. Uh, and I think I mean, obviously the missed field goal was huge to, to turn some momentum, um, but they did. They fought back. They clawed back uh, it, to, you know, that two point conversion was what a catch. Uh, that was absolutely amazing. But, you know, it, it's one of those things where if I'm being honest at the end of the game, I, I honestly thought, here we go again with the unsportsmanlike penalty on Irvin. I thought we were going to like, this is, this it would be a classic way for Matt Nagy to end his last game. If he does get fired tomorrow <laughs> with an unsportsmanlike penalty that extends the drive and uh, allows the Seahawks to get the game winning field goal. But fortunately that didn't happen. Uh, they were able to come out great for the guys. I'm sure they're, they're thrilled, especially when you play a game in the slop like that. Always nice to come out with a win. I just want to put this one out here really quick before we get to the outhouse and the penthouse. The Bears seemingly made some 
really strong efforts to sign Russell Wilson. I remember at the time thinking, give him whatever he wants. It's Russell Wilson, right? Like that dude is unbelievable. And now I'm starting to think just a little bit, is Russ towards the kind of tail end of his career? And did we maybe come out on top with Justin Fields? I, I know it's way too early to tell, but just boys, like I just, just really quick thoughts on that. Are you happy that we didn't land Russell Wilson and instead got Justin Fields? Or, or do you still think that, Hey, these things could have been much better. Let's go Jalen Sheldon, Jack Wright. Russell Wilson is, he's just, he's a playmaker. That's the bottom line. He's, he makes plays. He makes other guys around him better. So it's, it's honestly too early to tell, but Justin Fields, he's going to be tremendous. We all can see flashes, and we and his athleticism is off the charts. But Russell Wilson, how can you not want him? He's Super Bowl champion. He's came. He's been clutched in, in a lot of moments in his career. So how can you not want Russell Wilson? But honestly, I would have preferred Russell Wilson this season. You know, I mean, they say hindsight's twenty twenty, right? But – I think at the time we didn't get him. I was, I was upset. I think Russ is still a phenomenal quarterback. Uh, I'm obviously happy the way it turned out. I'm happy that we got Justin Fields. I'll admit when the, the story came out, I think it was last week about the, the um, compensation. I, I was a little bit surprised. I thought it was going to be a little bit more than that. So it would have actually been a really good deal for the bears had they pulled it off. But I think for Russ, it's probably tough in that situation. I mean, there's some history with Pete Carroll. Um, we know that they, they've had their struggles in the past and when, when they get off to a rough start, you know, um, things tend to snowball just as we've been talking about all year, the struggles in the locker room uh, with this team getting up week in and week out, um, you know, losing games, it tends to weigh on you. So I'm going to be interested to see what happens next year. If, if Pete Carroll stays and they get rid of Russ, I think Cleveland's a great destination for him. I'd, I'd watch out for him being a real rejuvenated quarterback and tearing up the league again. I agree. I don't think Russ is washed by any means. I think Russ on Seattle is different than Russ on the Chicago Bears. I think you take Russ and he goes from the penthouse in Seattle to the outhouse in Chicago. <laughs> and I mean, that's because I think I think of Seattle like I think of the Patriots. The Patriots had a down year last year. Look where they are this year. So I think those ty- we've talked about Pittsburgh, Seattle, um, you know, uh, the Patriots. Those are the types of organizations that may have some sort of a down year like this, but they're going to get the ship write it it's going to be all right so if he stays there my guess is they're going to rebolster that and rejuvenate it and off they go again or you know i suppose if he goes cleveland would be a great fit for him honestly now that i think of that shells because i I think they're recognizing that baker is not the guy there so i would say i guess i i don't think he would have been a very good player for the bears either so i think given our situation jf won a new coach, a new scheme, and off we go is is great in my opinion. You got to think that Russell Wilson, could he transcend Matt Maggie's terrible, god-awful scheme? Or would he just have a career low numbers because Matt Nagy is a terrible, terrible football coach? All right, boys, 
It's time. And we got a new voiceover. We got, I, I, I guess I should mention that really quick. You, you heard the new intro where Sheldon is in it. And we got voiceover guy, Tom Rossi, a good friend of mine, to, to do this for it. And we've also got this. We're gonna, about to drop it here. So now, from now on, when I say at the outhouse in the penthouse, when you guys hear it uh, recorded, it's going to be that nice booming voice. So, Tom, thank you to you for that one. So, boys, it is time. The outhouse and the penthouse. The Outhouse and the Penthouse is brought to you by our guy, Jeff Cadwallader. Jeff Cadwallader of At Properties knows you need experience when it matters most. If you are thinking about buying or selling a home in anywhere in the Chicagoland area, you got to give my guy, Jeff, a call. He is incredible. He's the absolute best, right? You can give him a call or a text message at 630-254-4734, or you can visit GenevaJeff.com today to learn how Jeff can help you out. Jeff Cadwallader at Properties, amazing guy. Thank you so much, Jeff. All right, boys, I, this, I, I'm having a minute here because we're flipping it. Remember, if the Bears win and the Bears won, which I don't remember what that's like, we go penthouse first, outhouse second i this is this is a strange feeling i don't understand how to feel right here all right so for the penthouse we are going to start with jack wright we'll go patrick sheldon jalen short you'll be after and i will finish it up so let's go penthouse boys gentlemen we went for two and the win and we got it and i mean that alone i think deserves penthouse status especially in this season uh, with this Bears team. And it was so exciting to catch, like to go up for that ball and come down with it. At first I thought, what are they going to call here? Is there going to be a penalty? Did he, uh, was he able to get his feet down? Will they call that he was forced out by the, you know, by the defense? And it was not reviewed. It was clearly evident that he caught it and came down with it. I don't know. I'm sta- like you're staggered by us switching the outhouse and the penthouse order. I'm staggered by the fact that we went for it. We went for two. We got it and we won the game. And part of that like I think even goes back to the beginning of this game because in the first quarter we went for it on a fourth and goal. And I I looked to my son Jack and said, "Uh, why do we not like we should just kick the field goal." And my son Jack said, "Oh, I don't hate this call." in this situation. And I said, if I'm any other team and they've practiced all week, a play for this situation. Hey guys, if we get into a fourth and goal situation, we're gonna go for it. And here is our lead pipe lock play. That's what we're gonna run. And I said, Jack, if that's what we do, then I I agree with you, let's go for it. But of course we threw it to the flat. I think it was fourth and seven. And we threw it four or five yards to a double covered Monty. And we didn't get it. And so the only reason I mentioned that, I know we're in the penthouse, is just to juxtapose those two situations in the same game where we were like, just failed miserably. And then bam, guys, we went for two. (laughs) I just keep repeating because I'm still in like disbelief. We went for two to win the game. Got it. And we won. Yeah, I'm going to, a similar, well, not very similar, but uh, the the play that led to the two point conversion. So I'm going to segue into yours, Jack, and and the touchdown by Jimmy Graham. Uh, you know that must have been a little bit more special coming back to Seattle, uh, but that's what they signed Jimmy Graham to do, and uh, it was great to see him actually do it, um, even if it wasn't for Justin Fields. But 
looked like a very similar type play as the one last week that he wasn't able to come down with, but he, he did what he was supposed to. He boxed at his man. Um, you may not have been able to slide a sheet of paper under his feet. I don't know if he got up that much uh, <laughs> that play, but um, you know, he boxed out his guy. He, he, he went up, grabbed it and, and, you know, kept them from wrestling away for it. It was a heck of a catch. Uh, I know he was pumped up. So uh, my penthouse is Jimmy Graham coming back to Seattle and securing the game. Uh, what the, the catch that put them in a position to win the game. So shout out to Jimmy Graham. We used to call that credit card hops. Is that am I aging myself again? <laughs> yeah. Where you might be able to slide a credit card under his feet. And even the announcer was like, oh, he went up for it. And I was like, well, <laughs> did he go up for it? <laughs> my penthouse, this game would be the fight that our guys had and all of those events leading up to the game-winning two-point conversion. Like Jack said, like Patrick said, those two plays were just not Chicago Bear plays, but it happened to us. And that's what's so good about this game. The whole point of us trying to get back on the right track is making plays that other, other winning teams would make. And those are winning team plays. Jimmy Graham boxing out his man, like Patrick said, going up, getting the ball, and scoring a touchdown. And Demir Bird with the two-point conversion, that was an outstanding catch over two defenders. Got a knee down, one knee equals two feet, touchdown, game over. So those plays right there are what we're trying to do as, as the Chicago Bears, and hopefully we can see that sooner rather than later. Well said, Jalen. Yeah, it, it, it just didn't feel like a Chicago Bears team. You know, it, it, it felt like a confident team that was putting it away. Now, again, Seahawks were a, a terrible football team this year, just like the bears were a terrible football team. So it was two really bad football teams facing off each other, but it was, it was an entertaining game. Like if you take away all those other things, like I was entertained while watching the second half of this game, not so much the first half, but you know, that's, that's Chicago bear football uh, in my penthouse is, is kind of the, the, the stats. And what I mean by this is we've got three people that are, are really sitting pretty in the stat column, which is kind of shocking considering how abysmal this offense has been. So Darnell Mooney is now sitting at 960 yards receiving for the season, which I mean, over two games to say that he won't get 40 yards. I mean, that's, that's nearly impossible. I mean, it, Okay, it is possible because it's the Chicago Bears, um, but just saying the way that he he fought, especially in the second half, it, it just would be nice to see him get a thousand yard season, uh, even in this 17 game season. It's still a good thing. Cole Komet is sitting at 539 yards for a uh, tight end to have those kind of yards. Pretty excited about that. Uh, I know Shells will talk about that at some point. And then obviously the big elephant in the room, Robert Quinn, all of us collective bear fans all owe Robert Quinn, a giant, just huge apology. Uh, Rob, Rob Kirkland, good friend of mine, good friend of the podcast. Uh, he, he, he texted it to me today, man. I want to personally apologize to that guy. He's, he's been lights out 17 sacks. As of right now, he is one shy of the record. I think he's going to get it boys. I mean, I, I literally, I, I was, I jumped up and down. I was so excited for him to get that 17th sack um, for, for, for this game. But it was awesome. Ryan, I think you have a, a bleak omission. Did you mean to include Nick Foles with his 24 for 35 uh, with uh, a touchdown and a 98.5 passer rating? Did you just, maybe, I, did you forget? I wanted to, if you forgot. I okay. Okay. Ser- serious, <laughs> serious question. 
Why in the hell did they sign Andy Dalton for $10 million when you've got the same guy in Nick Foles? Like, what, what it, why? Why did you do that? It doesn't make any sense. So, no, I know, Sheldon, I, I think I'm going to steal the words right out of your mouth. I know you hate Ryan Pace. And I have defended Ryan Pace's draft at more than his, his cap management. But this, what that just, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. It, it makes less sense when you realize they could have had Andy Dalton last year for like a third of the price. I mean, did they give, they gave 10 mil to, uh, to Glennon? Yes. And then they gave was it nine or 10 mil to Foles and Wait. 10 mil to Dalton. Am I right on that? I think Glennon got 18, wasn't it? He got well, that's right. million dollars. Goodness sakes. U.S. U.S. dollars. I mean, the, think about the money in those yeah. three contracts. But you're right. I mean, the only thing I would say, though, about Foles, and I think I told you all this when I went to training camp, I honestly thought that Nick Foles was in the wrong position group. I'm like... Does that dude who's like, I don't know, is he six, 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 seven, two seventy-five? Is he supposed to be with the tight ends or the D ends? He was, I mean, can you be less mobile than like Tom Brady or or Andy Dalton? Is that possible? Because I mean, I don't know. He was serviceable. I know a lot of people are, have been defending him over the last couple of weeks with the way that the last two draft classes have been playing, which is great. You want to make him the director of, of scouting or knock him downstairs to, to in the scouting department. That's terrific. But y'all got to remember that there is more to being a GM than just uh, hitting on draft picks, which he, he by and large hasn't done up until the last two drafts. He's been terrible at cap management. He's been terrible with his free agent signings. He's been terrible at identifying the quarterback talent at the quarterback position. We hope he got it right with Justin Fields, but until now we just talked about it. It's been abysmal. So let's, let's look at his entire record. Right before we start saying, oh, we need to keep Ryan Pace around because of the way he may or may not have done with the last two drafts. I, I think that is that's absolutely totally fair. And I, I think I said this on the last pod, uh, not defensive interview, but but the last post game pod is I, I, when, when he goes, because I think he's probably going to go. I'll have a little bit of sadness because I think he has drafted pretty darn well at times. But Patrick, your point is incredibly well made. He gave $18 million to Mike Glennon. Uh, All right. So, boys, it is time to get out to the outhouse. So for the outhouse, we're going to go, we're going to start with Jalen. And we'll go Patrick Sheldon, Jack Wright, and I will finish it up. For my outhouse this week, obviously, Matt Nagy's play calling. Once again, these wildcat plays, like, I don't understand the thought process behind these wildcat plays. (laughs) Or, like, they haven't worked all season. Just, just a disclaimer, they haven't worked all season. I don't understand why he keeps running these plays. Obviously, Matt Nagy, we all know that he's a terrible play caller and overall a terrible head coach. So what goes into these decisions, I have no clue. And once again, once once we get out of this, out of these dog days, once Matt Nagy is gone, obviously everything will start falling into place for the Chicago Bears. So that's really my main outhouse, like main topic for the outhouse this week. But um, I'm sure, obviously, I'm sure we had a lot of other things that we could have, that I could have said, but that's overall the main thing. So I'm going to go a little bit off the beaten path here, as I know you like to do, Ryan. Um, my outhouse is Matt Nagy's selection of captains and the method he uh, employs to select captains. Like, I get it. Uh, some of those guys were coming back home to Seattle, but... Making Jermaine Effetti a captain after what oh he did gosh. last week and then 
Captain No Funzarelli again today, like picking up David Montgomery, who's just trying to make a snow angel. How many times is he going to get to make a snow angel uh, after scoring a touchdown? Let him have a moment. Like, what are we doing? Right. Pick guys that are dogs. Pick guys that that deserve to be captains week in and week out. Like, I don't know, David Montgomery, um, Roquan Smith, uh, Justin Fields, uh, you know, players that that embody what it means to be a captain, not, you know, a kind of uh, a tip of the cap to the old veteran on his way out of the city of Chicago uh, so he can go back to Seattle and put on his captain pin for the week or whatever the hell it is they do. It's just stupid. It's another Mickey Mouse um, operation from Matt Nagy and this coaching staff. It's just corny. It's corny. Fix it. Do it differently. And get rid of Mike Fury. I don't know why he just caught a stray, but I'm, I was tired of seeing him on the sidelines too. And I just had to throw him in there. He's in my outhouse because he stinks. He reminds me like the loser when he's walking out of the house. I don't need anything. <laughs> yeah. Stapler and just randomly. And also a fatty. Also, That's so it's like that scene from A Few Good Men where Lieutenant Weinstein just kind of yes. hanging out and he's like, yes. You, Lieutenant Weinstein? The guy's like, hell did i do I why, that's the greatest like that is the greatest random scene in a movie where it's like why did he just pick on weinstein weinberg, out of weinberg nowhere? yeah weinberg yeah, yeah. Uh, jalen you nailed it like that i'm gonna do a different outhouse but that uh, that wildcat in the same situation on the goal line every single time and if they maybe ran some other type of option other than monty just keeping it then perhaps it would be a good call on the goal line but you, uh, it's so, there's no creativity. It's completely, un, completely unimaginative. And how hard would that be to scout? Like you watching the bears, you're like, huh, wildcat on the goal line. It's probably going to be Monty. Okay. Got it. <laughs> I'm just like, what? Just some real quick, uh, not my main ones, but penalties again, a penalties for 73 yards. Seattle had four sacks and nine QB hits today, but shells, you teed it up for me. I mean, the Fetty was already in my doghouse with that Jenkins shenanigans that went on last week. He was terrible today. I mean, he was awful today. He he whiffed so many times and allowed sacks. He was he false started on a third and goal situation. Uh, he pass pro. Uh, he was too slow to get outside and not strong enough to to block anybody inside. And he just was. I mean, I don't know if you happened to catch it, but it seemed like every time they showed a replay, there was one time where he just straight up Ole blocked. I mean, it looked like, I don't know if you've ever seen those situations where it's like, like imagine Monty said like something really terrible uh, about one of the offensive linemen's like wives or girlfriends. And they're like, oh yeah, Monty, watch us now. And they just all Ole and let Monty get destroyed. Except that didn't happen. I think they were actually trying to block but Fetty just, I mean, 100% caught air on, I want to say at least one or two blocks. So he is, I mean, as we said last week uh, after the game, I think he's on a bus out of town and he should be. He was atrocious today. I want to say it was week six last year. Might have been a little bit earlier than that. I was cheering for uh, Sam Mustafer to come in and be the Bears center. He's bad. He's really, and not just the penalties, but just the, the, the blocking uh, downfield. I feel like he whiffs like at least once a game. Um, and it just, it's really, really, really hard to watch. Uh, obviously they're going to need to bring in somebody else next year to do that. But 
you know, we'll, we'll see what happens with, with the cap situation. It seems like they've got a very favorable position, but it's the Bears, so they might find a way to screw it up. I'm going to ask a controversial question that I think if this was any other franchise, we would already know the answer to it. It would be locked up. But we cheer for the Chicago Bears. Did Matt Nagy save his job with this win? Let's go, Jack, Sheldon, Jalen, and I will finish it up. Well, I think if you're a sane person and know anything about football, that you would say that he did not save his job. I think Shells mentioned it earlier, the great, I don't know, denominator here is is that this is a franchise that's run by the McCaskies. I think we have documented time and time again, not just, again, kind of meathead abstract fire naggy type of moments, but real tangible specific ways in which he has failed as a coach. I think that he's coached his last game. I think it's just going to it's going to be interesting to see if they say, "Hey, you know, you're fired and he's out the door and the special teams coach takes the rest of the season and then paces out the door and now they start the process." Or if they say you're fired and Pace starts looking for a new coach, I guess maybe I'm thinking two steps ahead and I shouldn't be. I'm assuming he's fired, but I just don't know what the sequence is going to look like and I don't know what the future of Pace looks like, but I do not think he saved his job. No way. I hope not. No. (laughs) Jack, I love the qualifier. No way. I hope not. (laughs) (laughs) You have to put it in there. But... (laughs) I mean, spoken like a true Bears fan. And I was just, I was scrolling to look for it. I couldn't find it. I wish I had it teed up, but I tweeted out a poll asking folks, oh, here it is. I got it. Um, Do you think there's any chance Matt Nagy could save his job? This was before the game. And it was only 411 votes. I got it. Not a big sample size, but 13% of the people said yes. I think that's more an indication of how, how how little faith we have in the McCaskies to do the obvious. Um, than any belief that Matt Nagy could somehow put on a performance to uh, to salvage his job. But you hit, you hit it on the head like, yeah, I, absolutely. There's no way he can come back. And then this little piece of me, this little voice in my head goes, God, did he just save his job? Are the McCaskies dumb enough uh, to be talked into um, keeping his job? I thought it was weird. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but the whole Justin Fields thing, he's He's not healthy to start, but we got to see if he's healthy enough to be the backup, which was just asinine to me. Um, And then they deactivated him. And I'm thinking like, you know, and then you got Nagy who refused to play uh, um, Borum and uh, Graham to start today. And then I know Borum came in the game and Graham came in, but some of these roster moves, it's like, is he trying to throw pace under the bus or, um, you know, what, what is he trying to like, make sure because i know pace is distancing himself from Nagy and has been is he trying you know make sure he doesn't do any him him any favors by playing his draft picks so that they shine it's just all kind of weird he looks like a guy that's done um the mccaskey should just for his benefit and the benefit of the team move on right maybe i know they they don't know what they're doing with pace yet and so maybe they don't want to get rid of him but they should have a guy in line if they want to reorg to become the president of operations of football ops. They shouldn't have to wait two more weeks to decide if they're going to reorg. If they are, they're they're lost. They're even more lost than we thought. That decision should have been made a long time ago. Um, so they should have a guy in mind or a couple folks in mind, and they should get rid of them, and they should go right to that person and say, get to work in finding our next general manager and our next head coach. But who knows? I mean, 
<laughs> there's like 0.1% of me that thinks the McCaskies are dumb enough to keep him. Um, I'll piggyback off what some of the points that Patrick said. Um, I think Matt Nagy should be fired. Maybe, I don't know when the Chicago Bears are going to do it, but he definitely needs to be fired because he just doesn't, I just believe he, he just doesn't have that locker room anymore. Those guys aren't really bought into what he's bringing to the table. He's not a creative coach. Some like his decisions are questionable and I'm sure guys in the locker room see that. So once the, once the McCaskies just figure out a way to move on from this coach, there needs to, it needs to be just a new energy in that locker room and in that front office. Ryan Pace needs to go as well, but as a whole, Matt Nagy hasn't really been that great of a coach. I believe he's just holding on to that 12 and four season a couple years ago. And it's just, he just still has that in his head. And, and I, we really don't know why, but going back to what Patrick said, as a whole, this franchise has never really had a, in recent years, I'll say never really had a coach that you can just, go out there and put it all on the line for Matt Nagy is definitely not that person. So after this season, move on Chicago bears, please. We are begging you. The fans are begging you just let them go. Jalen to that. I, I, I think you're right. I, I don't think he's lost the locker room in the traditional sense of like, these guys all hate him and you know, they're excited to see him gone. I think they like the guy but they realize just very much what Jalen just said, that he isn't the guy, but they like the human being. The same thing that many other people have said, like he, he's a family guy, he's high energy, he respects them as individuals. And so they're looking at him going, he isn't going to be the head coach here anymore, but we want to play hard for him to, so he can finish out his career you know, with something I, that maybe, maybe I'm reading far much into this, but, but that's just kind of the way that I'm reading this situation. I'm going to make a very bold prediction. I'm probably going to be wrong because that's usually what happens when I make bold predictions. Uh, boys, I'll say this. I went to Vegas once and I lost all of my money in a span of about 42 minutes. Uh, so, so never listen to my bold predictions or any of my gambling advice ever. Uh, but I think the bears are going to fire Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace this week. I, I don't know what, why, but I think it's just this new rule that allows them the opportunity to interview head coaching candidates and GM candidates uh, two weeks into the season that they want to get that jump. Uh, I think that there are some names that we may not be thinking about that maybe are very high on their list. I think Doug Peterson may be in the building at some point, uh, which I'm not saying I like that. I'm just saying Chicago Bears, if they think about it, the schemes are similar, but Doug Peterson could run it better. This is what the Bears are thinking, not what Ryan Dangle is thinking. And so I get the sense that the Bears may do this for the very first time simply because the rule has changed and they want to get a jump start at it. That's the smart decision, which means that they probably won't do that at all. I'll make another bull prediction. When he does fire them, I bet you he'll like sob openly. He may have to like choke back the tears at the press conference. <laughs> oh, you know? right. yeah. Yeah. He's going to have to find two new golfing buddies. Oh, what a mess for George. You got to feel bad for him. A tough one. All right, boys. Uh, it is time to get to Jack's question before we get to shout outs. So Jack, what do you got for us this week? Well, we just came off the holiday season and I was curious if you had 
Any funny stories related to the holidays? You get to get get together with your family, and there's just hilarity that ensues in some way, shape, or form. Maybe it's a holiday tradition. Maybe it's a story of some sort. But I'm just curious, what type of holiday hilariousness can you share with us? We'll go Ryan, Shells, Jalen, and then I'll anchor. So it is either Thanksgiving. Or, or Christmas. I can't remember the holiday. This is, this is going way back. I think I might be like 13 or 14 years old at the time, but I'm watching TV in the living room and I walk past the kitchen and I see my mom, she's making up food. And I look to her right and the counter, the kitchen counter is on fire. And I mean, like, not just like, like one single flame, like it's a candle. I mean, like this shit is on fire. And I continue walking the other way because I think I like, this isn't real. Like I didn't actually see what I just saw and I stop and I go, wait a minute, the kitchen counter is on fire. I turn around. Sure enough. It is indeed on fire boys. I go, Hey ma, why is the counter on fire? Oh, oh my God. She is running around like, ah, just trying. It turns out a hand towel. I don't know how it started on fire and she just hadn't noticed it. So she threw it in obscenities left and right, trying to get it to like turn on smoke fills up the entire kitchen smoke alarm going off crazy. Right. It was just, uh, I think we might've ordered Chinese food that night. I don't remember. All I know is that my mom almost lit the entire house on fire. So shout out to you, Ma. You got to love moms. I can't, I couldn't even begin to tell you how many times I walked by the stove to find things just boiling over and on fire. And, you know, I, I wouldn't even say anything to her because it became so common. And I would just, you know, turn it down to medium or like fan the flames and be like, oh, yeah, you know, same. Mom's setting the, the, the kitchen on fire again. Oh, okay. Yeah, what what was the hesitation for Ryan? You think she was making like a baked Alaska or something? Like, <laughs> I just, the... I, it's, I thought it was, I, I thought it was seeing stuff. Like I didn't think it was real life. Like I'm like, it's like doubled because like no, they, they, it's not on fire. Like you're just you're hallucinating, right? Like and I wasn't on drugs or anything like that. But it was just like I just like I thought like this isn't real life. I'm making That's it funny. up until I turned That's back funny. around. Then it was like no, it's actually on fire. So uh, I'm gonna. Uh pull one from our, my Thanksgiving days. And I, I don't get to do it anymore just because of um, where I am and all my friends are back up in the Northeast. Uh, but for years, we used to play a game of tackle football uh, after um, during the Thanksgiving holiday. And uh, we used to record it. And one year, um, every after the game, every year, we'd go to this bar called Lynn's Uptown Sports Tavern, affectionately called Lust. And uh, we went in there one day after the game, we were still in our, our clothes for the game. We're all dirty and gross. And the bartender was like, oh, what's, you know, what's the video camera were you guys doing? We were telling him, he's like, let's put the game up on, on the big screen. They have like a huge, like, you know, hundred foot projector screen. And there's like a ton of people in the bar. And we're thinking like, you already got this idea in your head. As you get older, you think you're a lot faster and sharper and cooler <laughs> than you actually are. So like, in our heads, we were playing like, you know, Joe Montana to John Taylor to win the Super Bowl, like just pinpoint accuracy. Everybody looked great. Sharp cuts, uh, form tackles. 
And then we saw it on the big screen along with all the other patrons at the bar. And like, I just wanted to bury my head in, in the ice bucket. Cause it was, <laughs> it was not what I had envisioned in my head as, as I was playing, you know, like, it's like, wow, I'm that old and that slow. <laughs> but so needless to say uh, the tradition of playing football continued the, the tradition of watching it at the bar. did Not that was the end of that. It was a one and done. <laughs> The place was called Lust. I think I will. That's that yeah. I, I couldn't get over I, that. Yeah, that's yeah. Awesome. We don't know if they named it that on purpose, but we just we always called it Lust. Well, my story is from when I was a child, childhood days, and I can remember distinctly. Me and my cousin, we were standing on the top of our stairs in my house, and my grandmother was hosting Christmas that year. We're standing on the top of the stairs and we're talking about football because I was playing football at the time and I was playing youth football, Pop Warner. He was playing football as well, but he was a little older than me. So I'm super competitive. Even as a child, I was super competitive. So he has his Christmas food, his Christmas plate in his hand. And he says something to me. He said, I'm better than you. I'm better than you at football or I'm better. I'm, I do this better than you or something like something along those lines. And I lost it. I lost it. I literally jumped on his back while his plate was in his hand and we both fell down the stairs. <laughs> uh, it was so crazy. It was so crazy. Then my did, grandmother, I'm sorry, go ahead, Brian. No, no, I was just gonna say, how did your, how did your family react to that? <laughs> Everyone came running because it was just loud thuds just continuously going down the stairs. Everyone comes running, what's going on, what's going on? And I explain my side of the story and they're just like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> I can't believe you just did that. <laughs> and that's, We're gonna prove that this is... right here, right now. We're gonna yeah, so did, you guys, did you guys settle it or? Is that... <laughs> we, we end up settling, settling it the next summer. The next right. summer we end up settling it and I got my revenge, believe me. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> but yeah, that's my, that's my famous Christmas story. All right. I had moved to a, a new community, I believe my, my junior year of high school. So that's tough, you know, or I'm sorry, junior high. So that's tough, right? You're, you know, eighth grade, you know, super awkward. And over time I had started to make friends through playing football and running track and so forth. And so one of the guys that was a good friend of mine, uh, his name is Dan Wojcik, but you know, it takes a while to get to know, you know, your friends and their family. Well, one day I was at my house and, and Danny Wojcik came over and he was super down in the dumps. And I was like, hey, what's up, Danny? And he said, Christmas. I was like, what? I'm like, Are you, guys, you don't like Christmas? Like something, like something bad happened or what's going on? And he's like, no. He's like, it's the Christmas tree rub. And I said, what? Like, what are you, what are you talking about? And he goes, Every year we get a real tree and my brothers chase me down, pin me down, pull my shirt off and rub me up against the Christmas tree as hard as they can for as long as they can. <laughs> oh God. Like, what? Like, are you kidding me? That's what they do to you? He, he was like one of three brothers, all like six two, 200 some pounds. Like they became cops in Chicago. Like we're talking, just think about a Wojcik family and what they might have like been like. And I, I, I just was floored. I was like, 
the Christmas tree rub was the Wojcik family tradition. What do they do at Thanksgiving? They, they don't stop anything, <laughs> do they? That's a great question. I would love to know yeah. the answer to that. So. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not the Thanksgiving uh, turkey stuffer, is it? Or <laughs> like, Yeah, who knows? Like, uh, imagine, uh, imagine his skin after the rub. I mean, right oh. on that pine tree? Like, that would be terrible. <laughs> Oh man, that's that awful. Brutal. That's absolutely yeah. terrible. Yeah, and as yeah. soon as you said Christmas tree rub, I thought, "Where's this going, Jack? You better, you better, you better find it real fast, man." You you were worried, weren't you? You know, I was. I was. Again, this show is family-ish, and so right. you know, we always play with that line a little bit. All right, boys, it is time to get out of here. So we got to give shout outs. Uh, I have a ridiculous amount of shout outs to give, so I am definitely going to go last in this one. Jalen, we want to say thank you so much. Just one more time, folks. If you're not uh, subscribed to the Head Honcho Sports Podcast, make sure you're doing that. If you're not following Jalen on Twitter, make sure you do that. We will obviously link him uh, when we post this pod on on, uh, Twitter. Uh, So Jalen, thank you so much for being here. Who is getting your shout out? Well, this week, guys, my shout out is going to one of my former teammates in high school. His name is DeMarco Minor. He is attending a junior college right now, South Suburban College in South Holland, Illinois. And he just received three offers, three scholarship offers from Division I schools. And that's, that's amazing. We've talked about this for a long time and he's worked hard. So that guy gets my shout out. Love you, bro. Oh, dude, that is, that's fantastic. Congratulations. Thank that's you. That's awesome. Thank you. Congrats. From here, boys, we're going to go Sheldon and Jack Wright. I will finish it up. Thanks, Ryan. So I, I've got a couple of uh, quick ones here. Um, the first is uh, he goes by Cletus the Black on Twitter. It's at Sully Moon, S-U-L-L-E-Y-M-O-N. And if he's listening to this or does listen to this, he's going to wonder why the heck I'm giving him a shout out because we battle on Twitter. We go back and forth. I think we each think the other's crazy with our uh, positions on the McCaskies and Ryan Pace. Uh, but he's always a great sport about it. We go back and forth, um, have a good time. And so uh, shout out to him for being a good sport and taking all my grief that I give him. Uh, and then shout out to my wife for coming through like gangbusters for Christmas and hooking me up with the Justin Fields autograph Jersey. Uh, yeah. What a surprise. It was awesome. Uh, best present. Got to get it framed so I can hang it up in the office, but uh, amazing. Absolutely Amazing. So shout out to my wife, Shelby. Uh, I love you. That was incredible. Um, Hold and on. Then time, last- out. time out. Yeah. Time out. Yeah. Did you say autographed? I did. I did. That's, That's crazy. It's That's awesome. Crazy. Yeah. It's my first autographed jersey. It's my. That's so cool. So wow. That's I mean, amazing. Yeah, I'm. I'm stoked. I can't wait. I gotta. I gotta get it framed. I gotta like do a bunch of research. If you, if anybody knows me, they know I like research things to death. So I gotta research this, figure out a good place to get it framed, and uh, hang it up in the office somewhere so I can look at it every day. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, and then my last shout out. This is shameless, guys, but I'm gonna shout myself out uh, for my wa- waiver wire action this week. I am a terrible fantasy football player, like notoriously bad one of the worst in our league. And I somehow managed to find my way into uh, the playoffs, had a first round bye. was playing my semifinal match this week, lost Chris Godwin uh, to the injury, lost Dalvin cook to COVID thought I was, I was down, thought I was going to lose it. And I managed to find Justin Jackson and Amon Ross St. Brown on the waiver wire. 
and they got me a came a combined uh 52 almost 52 points and i can say with some relative certainty because i'm up seven points and he has nobody else playing tonight that i'm probably going to win my game in advance of the championship so um hey I, I guess, you know, everybody steps in it at one point or another. And this was my year. I think I may have stepped in it. St. Saint Brown picked him up this morning. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Logan Same. Bradley, oh, for that little tidbit. It's huge. <laughs> it was huge. So shameless. You know I apologize, but I, I don't get much uh, fantasy football love. So I had to, I had to heap it on myself. You just had to like, just give it to yourself. So, I mean, and we're all fantasy football fanatics, but isn't there a thing about like, if you tell people about your fantasy football team, it's like, you might as well tell them about like your Dungeons and Dragon like game like yesterday, or, Hey, I was LARPing yesterday. Uh, I got to tell you about this move I made, you know? And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm mostly just kidding. I am happy for you, but isn't that the kind of crap you get when you tell people about their fantasy? Yeah. You got to like follow it up with your diet and whatever diet you're on and how much you CrossFit. Right. Honestly, I realized by I realized by bragging a little bit, I all but assured my that I'm going to lose next week. So congratulations to whoever I play. You've just won, or did I just double reverse jinx them? Who knows? Stay tuned. Stay tuned. So right, I will try to get my opponent to talk trash to me or like brag on purpose because it's like a superstition of mine. I know I will win when that happens. It always (laughs) happens. So. A shout out, first of all, and maybe we can find out who he is later and come back to it in a future podcast. But there was a Bears fan, a boy in the stands wearing a, a hoodie and a number 53 jersey over it. He was in the very front row when Khalil Herbert scored, and he was out of his mind excited. And I was so excited for him in that moment because he was, I mean, right there in the front row, right where Herbert scored. And you could just see the joy and elation and excitement on this kid's face. It was so cool. I, I will say though, I mean, is that Arlington Hambright or I mean, is it a John Timu Jersey? I don't know what's happening with the 53. Maybe they got it on sale or I'm not sure, but anyway, maybe we'll find out who that boy was. It was just a really, really cool moment. I thought I'm going to shout out my mom. Cause I kind of threw her under the bus a moment ago about burning all the food, but truth be known, she comes to play on game day and that's Christmas with a great spread. So thank you, Joycey, as we like to call her Joyce, right? That was really great. And then uh, Mr. Fox is a great follow and, you know, supporter of us. He's uh, at Mr. Fox, which is M R P H O C K S. I wanted to be sure with that. I felt like it was a little like meet the Fokker type of moment. So I wanted to be sure I said that right. Uh, so thank you, Mr. Fox. And then Jalen, shout out to you. I just gave you a follow. Really appreciate you coming on. Uh, and uh, you did great. Thanks so much, man. Thank you. I thank you guys. I appreciate that. All right. Last uh, but not least, I don't know, whatever. I'm going last. Here we go. I've got a lot to give out, so I apologize. Uh, but we just, we had some incredible stuff that that happened. Uh, and I've got some people to thank for it. So Tom Rossi, diehard Bears fan. And uh, he did our voiceover work. So you can hear it in the new intro. You can hear it in the outhouse in the penthouse. Dude has a million dollar voice. And uh, we're just very appreciative for him. Gary Fensick. He's not listening to this episode, but just the fact that he gave Jack and I over an hour of his time, never complained about it once. And, you know, we just he even told a couple stories after we hit record and just such a wonderful, likable guy. So shout out to Gary Fensick. 
Scott Swartz, again, Scott, I shouted you out at the beginning of this, but I'm shouting you out again. We cannot tell you how much we appreciate it. We get a retweet from every episode that we post. A lot of the stuff that is posted on the Bear Down Report. Scott, thank you so much. The Mullet King. I know he's gotten a shout out before. He and I apparently have a very similar sense of humor. and We just go back and forth and... I always know I'm going to laugh when I see a Mullet King tweet. And so Mullet King, thank you so very, very much for that. Sandy across the pond, uh, just some great back and forth on Twitter. Just a wonderful, wonderful guy. Uh, We went back and forth with our dogs and it's just holiday season. So Sandy across the pond and then Matt G. I don't know what Matt G's last name is, but again, same thing, positive interactions, got a couple of retweets uh, for our Gary Fensick stuff and some of the stuff that we do. um, And he's just a supporter of us. So Matt G, thank you so much. All right, folks, if you have liked what you've heard, please hit subscribe. If you've really liked it, you can hit us with a five-star review because that really helps to widen our audience. But if you have loved it, what you can do is you can go to beardownreport.com. You can click on any of the links uh, for the podcast and you're going to find a donate button there. You can donate just like Scott did and just like Jordan did. And we will shout you out on this podcast for Jack Wright, Patrick Sheldon, Jalen Short. I am Ryan Dangle, folks. Thank you so very much for hanging out with us, listening to the podcast, telling a friend about it. That means the world to us. We appreciate you guys so very much for all of us at the Bear Down Report. Thank you so much, folks. And as always, bear down.